thank you for listening to another episode of Coffee with Curators. I'm the curator at Riverview's Art Space, Brooke Marcy. And I'm assistant curator Megan Weston. And just FYI, Riverview's Art Space is a nonprofit arts organization in downtown Lynchburg. We are dedicated to exhibiting contemporary art in our art galleries and making contemporary art accessible within our community. This podcast is just one way we hope to connect our audience with our artists beyond our exhibitions. Joining us today are two wonderfully creative people who we actually have here in Lynchburg, Virginia. We're so lucky to have them here. Um, and these two creative people also happen to be married to each other. So, yay! We said how perfect for a Valentine's issue. So I'd like to introduce our listeners to Jawanza and Michelin Hall, uh, who are also known as the legendary Halls, and they are the, both the owners of Blackwater Branding. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you for such a kind introduction. That just tickles me. Oh my gosh, we love you guys. Uh, for our listeners, uh, Joans and Michelin have been active in our community and active at Riverviews and very much big time, just art people that I just enjoy talking to every time I see them. Uh, you both were my targets for our Valentine's Day episode, as Brooke said, uh, because I have a special percolator, our icebreaker section, which is based on the newlywed game. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> okay. So I'll ask three questions. I expect you to know your spouse's response to each question. Uh, so number one, when was the last time you had a date at a coffee shop? We'll see you new know, Jawanza first or Michelin first. I don't whoever has an answer first. Let Jawanza go first. Do okay. Okay. Uh, the last time that we had a date in a coffee shop. Mm, it's been a minute. Um, <laughs> man, maybe like 2015. Yeah, it was definitely pre-Kaziah, right? Oh, oh, okay. Now, oh. don't worry. We go on other types of dates, like, to the, like, before COVID. <laughs> then we go to the movies or mm -hmm. uh, maybe we grab dinner or maybe we go to, like, a show someplace, you know, either in town or out of town. But, yeah, I think the coffee, though, I think the last coffee one, yeah, it's probably been almost six years this is yeah. crazy oh my goodness so so in other words meg and i have been to coffee shop dates with both of you more recently than you've been with each other and uh, yes oh okay excellent okay. <laughs> uh well since you both agreed on that one that wasn't very fun but this one is going to be good uh, <laughs> do you know your spouse's go-to coffee order Oh, this is my question. Sure, Mish, go first. Okay. What is Joanza's so, go-to coffee order? Man, first and foremost, it's gonna be full of cream and sugar. <laughs> it's gonna have an extra pump of vanilla in it. Um, sometimes he gets that s'mores thing from Starbucks if he can get a hold of that. 
So anytime it's like s'more season, he's like, we're there almost every other day. That is God's gift to <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I agree. There's not really good frappuccinos. So yeah, I think that's his favorite one. Now if we're like around town and just like like a just a coffee shop. He's definitely like a like a vanilla white chocolate type of dude. Sometimes he switches it up and does like caramel and oh, those things that taste like caramel delight cookies. Sometimes he'll make a drink that tastes something like that, um, which is like caramel chocolate and like coconut flavor. See, like, so Jawaz and I used to run a coffee shop back like years and years and years ago. Mm. So like both of us are like very into. That was early 2000, like 2007. Yeah, 2006, oh 2007. Yeah. yeah, so like he, so him and coffee is pretty fun. So I think that's your, am I, am I right? Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, Miss yours would be a Chai latte. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. from where though? But from where? From Dublin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta be from Dublin. Be Shout Dublin. out to Dublin. Dublin three. Dublin three. Dublin three. Dublin Dublin um, Not sponsored. <laughs> and uh, she'd want a pump of vanilla in it. And depending on the mood, she will get it uh, with like an, a milk alternative which she bounces around, so I can't say which one it is exactly. <laughs> Seems close enough. Brooke and I knew that answer. We both knew that oh. answer. <laughs> oh, that's so great. It makes me happy. <laughs> we uh, were like, oh no, poor Jawanza. We know that answer. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is, what is your spouse's favorite pairing to go with coffee? Mish, I'm gonna go with a Danish. Yeah, you might be right. Jawan's <laughs> right. <laughs> is so funny. Like for real, it depends on what time he's drinking coffee. If it's like before 10 a.m., he will find a chicken biscuit to go with his coffee. <laughs> if it's not um, before 10 a.m., then. Do you eat? You eat all kinds of foolishness. Yeah, yeah. Jawanza eats foolishness, so it's like it's <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think you have a pairing. Mm, ra random mind. would be the correct answer. So anything can go. Well, whatever, whatever's in the desk drawer. All <laughs> oh, right, oh, whatever's in reach. Okay, <laughs> that works. Here, I've got a Valentine's uh, question for you, too. So, Jawanza. What is Michelin's favorite type of chocolate? White, milk, or dark? Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, I want to go with milk. You know, he can't, he can't really get this wrong because I really love chocolate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I love milk chocolate I love dark chocolate I love white chocolate I like the chocolates where it's like one side's white chocolate and one side's I like right that's what I was thinking of but I was yeah. like that's not what she said so yeah so he's right he's right okay okay Michelin so what kind of chocolate is Joanza's favorite chocolate so now Joanza likes dark chocolate oh 
Mm -hmm. So he used to be a big milk chocolate person. I don't know what happens. I don't know if your taste buds change when you're older or or if it's that you actually can afford to get quality chocolate. <laughs> That's maybe where's the answer. There it is. You know, <laughs> probably a little bit of both because I feel that deep in my bones. <laughs> and if you want to know, Meg likes white chocolate. Okay. <laughs> Not as much now. Like, God, college Meg, when you first met me, Brooke, all about the white chocolate, but now it's dark chocolate. Jeez. Dark chocolate for the win. Yep. Okay. Okay. Don't worry, Brooke. We're not newlyweds, so you don't need to. Oh, okay. <laughs> goodness. I would have gotten it wrong. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. I'm feeling these questions. I like this. Well, that's all we have. Now we have to go into like the actual conversation part. Okay. okay. <laughs> that would just be icebreaker. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into all of your creative endeavors, how did you both meet and fall in love? So... Um, I've known Jawanza, I've known of Jawanza like a really long time. Uh, when we were growing up, our best friends were actually siblings, right? But they didn't hang out with each other. And um, the funny thing is like, they were like enemies. So like my best childhood friend, Chelsea, like her, her and her brother were enemies. So like any of their friends were also enemies. <laughs> Oh, no. So I didn't actually really formally meet Jawanza until I was in high school, even though we both knew um, of each other, I guess, since like maybe middle school, mm -hmm. um, just from hanging out with the siblings, which was really fun. So that's how we met. Oh, boy. Wow. That's correct. That is a long, that's so romantic. Oh my Aww. goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a moment. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so romantic. Okay. Um, so now to, to talk a bit about your creative selves. How did you all get started in, in your creative endeavors? Um, and, and how young were you when you started to be interested in art? Oh man. Okay. For, for me, uh, I've always been in the artsy creative side of things. So like, uh, man, I've been drawing and just doing any kind of thing that was design based since I was probably maybe eight. Uh, so I was the guy that was entering like the school art contests and the, the really bad poster contests in elementary schools and stuff like that. I was, I was the guy that did all that stuff. Um, uh, high school, I, um, was, a, I well, got a lot better in high school uh, due to some really great art teachers um, and also a really good mentor of mine, which was one of my first mentors that I ever had, who was Keith Lee, actually. Um, and at the time, Keith Lee was working at VSA and uh, basically I was kind of roaming around the VSA area because I lived near it. And he's like, Hey, I, I keep seeing you kind of just kind of hanging out, you know, what do you do? And I was like, well, I draw a lot. And I showed him my sketches and ended up working on a couple of projects for VSA at that time. Wow. And that kind of launched me into thinking like, Hey, maybe I could do this as a career. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. I didn't know that you knew. I've known Keith for years. <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and my father was the executive director of VSA. So, really, um, yeah, he was for um, for quite a few years. So, I that's didn't awesome. Know. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay, Michelin, tell me about your 
creative endeavors? Well, I definitely was not like this naturally gifted person like Juwanza, right? He was like she was more. I was not. I was right. not oozing <laughs> with it. Um, so I like love the arts, right? But my stuff, my art stuff was more like performance based in like music and singing and um, you know acting like that type of stuff like I was not really a visual artist it wasn't until I was in the 10th grade and I took a photography class with Mr. Yateman and I love photography and it was just black and white like old school with those old Pentax cameras and stuff that's a great way to learn yeah and I remember our first assignments were even like the the oatmeal, you know, we turn your the box of can of oatmeal into a camera by our pinhole camera. Yeah. You know, I loved it so much. And I remember I couldn't do yearbook, right? Even though I was good at that photography class, I couldn't do yearbook because I was doing like too many other like extracurricular things, right? And I didn't want to stop doing like band after doing it for like seven years or something. Um, but <laughs> when I, it was time for me to decide like what I wanted to do, what I wanted to go to school for. What I loved about photography is that like I could imagine it and envision it and I didn't have to draw it, but I always loved color too. So I could just put people or things together and I wasn't stopped by my ability to like sketch or paint or something like this. Like my hands did not do what was in my head very well, but my mind could still create it as long as I could like see it and shoot it. Um, so yeah, that's how, that's how I got into the world of photography. So that was fun. I love that you, like anyone who's artsy can think of the art teachers that really pushed them or inspired them to keep going. Like I can name my second grade one, my high school one. Like, it's really cool that it's like, you can know where you started from with, with these teachers. That's true. And let me say shout out to Linda Williams. She was my high school art teacher and she encouraged me to like really keep going. And I know I frustrated her sometimes because of stuff I did, but I stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like all like the all of the arts teachers, like no matter if they were like performing arts or or visual arts, they were all like super supportive. And honestly, like I totally felt like I could be a photographer. Like I felt like I could go to fancy art school, get a fancy art degree, and do this because um, it didn't seem like more whimsical to me than playing a flute or something. Right? <laughs> it, didn't seem, it didn't seem whimsical, um, and also you know, just being able to, I love how art is like the great equalizer, right? So it doesn't matter where you're from, what neighborhood you're in or anything. Like if you have talent and ability, then your talent can speak for itself, right? And it will make room for you. Um, and that that's really, you know, like, so your only challenges that have been like materials, like, do you have the best camera or film or what kind of paint supplies or, you know, do you have the Bristol paper? But if you can actually show talent, even on sketch paper, um, you know, people who are educators, people who know what they're looking for, they can recognize that and they can cultivate it. And so mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's something like an SAT will never be able to reveal um, something that, you know, it's, it's, it's so, it's so intangible, right? Being able to do that. But I love how the arts allow people to come together. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, it, and it's such an important language. I mean, we, we put so much um, emphasis is put on the written language, but the language of visual art gives a lot of us a way of speaking, you know, that's different from the written language, especially if the written language is, is a bit of a struggle. Um, you know, we all have our different ways of communicating. And I really think that the, the visual language, you know, it, it's so important, but, but it's the same thing in music. It's the same thing in, in theater. And it, it's, a, it's a really very important way of communicating. Mm -hmm. Well, this all led to you starting Blackwater Branding. So you, you all can tell us a little bit about how that started, how it's going, what you're working on. <laughs> so I can top talk secret, about, that's cool too. <laughs> I could talk about where it started. So we conceptually, I think by the time we were in college, we knew that we wanted to open like a really cool, fancy, like fancy, smancy design creative firm right like we had these dreams and ambitions because we're crazy um <laughs> like so we we definitely knew maybe by the time we were maybe sophomore year of college what we were like working toward and working for now ironically I mean I think both of us thought we would get here very different ways like for working for other people living in other places I think both of us actually wanted to go to grad school and we didn't go to grad school just because of just life and changes and things that happened. But, um, you know, it was one of those things that was like a, a dream, right, to be able to do. And then honestly, we started Blackwater like short, like, like crazy people, like shortly three months after our daughter was born, because that's what you do when you have a newborn. You start a business. Start a business. Start a business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. <laughs> um, so, but I'm I'm glad we did um, at the time, and I'm talking the past stuff, so you can talk about the present stuff. Um, oh, you're good. You're killing. You know, at the time, you know, one of the big things, one of the big reasons why Juwan's even was like, we're going to take this leap was that between me not working due to like health and maternity leave, because I had a really complicated pregnancy. Um, and then my post, like just post baby, like not really, I was not going to go working anywhere because I was like a tiny little preemie that I could not like in good consciously with anyone. <laughs> so I was like a mama koala. Um, <laughs> And, but I still had like skills and wanted to do things. And Jawanza would work, you know, where he was working at the time. And then like our child would forget who he was and would like, cry every time he held her. And then she would like start to remember over the weekend. Like, so by the time Sunday hit, she was like all cuddled up and stuff again. But then we'd have to repeat this process because he would be like at work all the time again. And then he was like, this is for the birds. <laughs> Something else. And I was like, let's do something else. Let's do it. Um, and so we just kind of just darted out, you know, um, putting things together from, you know, he had lots of experience working as a freelancer and working for various like agencies at that point. And I had my own experience, I guess, running a business, running like a photo studio um, for about three or years. So like we just kind of put all of that know-how together to create 
Blackwater. And then we just started branching out and talking to other people. And they were like crazy like us, like, yes, let's do this. This is amazing. I could totally, I see the vision, you know, that was really funny. But people would like go on this journey with us. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how we got to where we are now. So you can talk about what we're doing now, I guess. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, now we are five years in the game um, and we have accomplished uh, a couple cool milestones. We've, um, we've accomplished being marketing agency of the year three times. So three of our five years, we have landed that. Um, we've met some really cool people um, along the way and pretty much coast to coast now we've done work um, from what, San Bernardino. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been in California, we've done stuff out of Texas, we've done stuff out of New York, mm -hmm. we've done stuff out of Chicago. Um, and of course we do like things here regionally too. And so um, one of the cool, the, the scariest and best things that happened up from the pandemic is honestly learning how to adapt and not being afraid like people are open to like meeting with you on zoom right so <laughs> um yeah. like so if i can meet with someone here locally in zoom i can meet with someone else in a different time zone on zoom as well and uh, still be able to do good business with them and for them and so mm -hmm. i i think in a weird way we probably would have always been able to do that but like the the coronavirus is like the dumbo feather of like kind of forcing you to have to do it and so you were just comfortable. So you had to just believe in yourself, right? You just had to. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been the best and and kind of worst of times too. Like being an entrepreneur is not for like the faint of heart. I mean, you know, all of us can't be like, you know, other people and borrow a million dollars from their dad anytime they get them. <laughs> so if you're not like that, you know, it takes planning, but even with all the planning, the unexpected happens. Um, so, but even with the unexpected, like, you know, just believing in yourself, believing what you have to offer, um, and just keep, if you just keep doing it, you know, it's one of those things, if you just keep doing it, like people will go, you know what, they're pretty good at this. And so I think that's kind of what's happened to the two of us and to the whole group. It's so good. You guys have a favorite project that you've been working on? Man, uh, I know Mish has her own right now. Um, it's not, well, it's a project to me because we've been working on it for so long and we just recently announced that, uh, we're beginning to do interactive storytelling and marketing. And so what that really entails is that, uh, if you've seen Netflix's, uh, well, Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode, um, we're able to do that same level of interactivity where you kind of get to pick the direction that you would want to take your story in so, so and which has been great we've uh we've ran like so many tests with it now and we've gotten a lot of good and positive feedback so now we're presenting it to the public and to our clients and so uh that's one of my favorite projects that we're working on uh my second favorite would be for the lynchburg museum oh yeah um which we were the we the women campaign yeah that that's been really fun um that might be one of my favorites too like it's so many good things it's hard to kind of pick um but that was really nice to have to talk about something from like a hundred years ago mm. and then being trusted to go like 
like I remember we presented to their to their group, right? And like the director, it was Ted, who was amazing. He was like, "This looks nothing like what I imagined it was gonna look like, but I love it." So <laughs> but it was really scary, you know. I'm trying to like make things really relevant, like voting and um, women voting and women empowerment and all that. Like, how do you make that still relevant? And how do you connect uh, across cultures, across age groups and generations? And, um, you know, just kind of show that lineage. So that was really fun. Uh, and I could probably say something really cool about like every project, like our stuff with the Hillcats has been like amazing and fun and, mm um it's just so many things you know so many fun things it's so good to hear y'all involved in so much because I remember when y'all were here at Riverviews in a one office and you <laughs> had like three of you crammed into the office and little Kaziah yeah. roaming around so it's good to see you all grow so much so where I met you all yeah. where you started oh, for me yeah. at least it's miles ahead I mean, it's, I mean, it goes back to just like, if you just keep like doing it, like the thing is, like, I was so grateful to have Kaziah kind of like roaming around, you know, like if I didn't work for myself and I was really empowered for this like lady who's in the parliament in the UK who like ever since her child was born, she would take her to session. So like you would see her feeding her as a baby and then she might be like nine now, but even if she was like eight, she'd just be coloring quietly. And I was like, if she could take her kid to British parliament, I could take my kid to work and get this stuff done. And like, she probably has no idea who I am. I'm not even from the UK, but her story and just watching her with her daughter and just grow up and like not let that stop her. She didn't take a career break she, you know, she kept, she figured out how to be a good mom and figured out how to keep representing her people. So like, I don't know, like I was like, I can do this. And, you know, definitely having Jawanza's support and like the team's support mm -hmm. uh, made such a big difference. Um, being able to do that. And like I said, we started with like a shoestring, like zero budget, right? So we definitely were crazy. <laughs> we did this, but we believe in our skills, you know? Um, so if I could be, you know, inspirational, if we could be inspirational, anybody is just like, just do it. Like, I feel like as long as you have like one foot on the shore and one foot in the water, you'll never actually like kick off mm -hmm. and like go into deeper waters. And you can't get to the other side of the world if you're afraid to tread deeper water, you know? So the boats might have complications. You might have to pull over for sometimes. You might have to do a lot of things, but you but you just keep going and just the bravery to do that, it, it pays off. That's true. Yeah. A lot of people really need to hear that, you know, because because half the game is not giving up on yourself and believing in yourself and just do it and just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So important. Unbelievable. Uh, we couldn't resist Michelin. We need to hear more about the American Woman Outdoor Gallery and 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 uh, what's going on, how that project started, um, what kind of reception have you received from the community? Oh. Well, first and foremost, let me, so since we're on the podcast, let me, let me let y'all know some stuff. So first and foremost, like, I have to thank Brooke for like, just being around and being Brooke, because when I was having these ideas in my head and I was just doing like test shots and I would like be like, Brooke, does this look legit? Like you can tell me if it doesn't. Before I start like really putting it, and Brooke was like, yes, 
not only do I think this is legit, it is legit. She was so supportive. And, um, you know, and so from there, you know, I started just kind of creating the body of work while it was while we had our office in Riverviews, actually. And, um, you know, I would just try stuff. I would just try stuff with just different women. And um, the first time I got to exhibit, you know, the exhibition that's currently up on Ford Avenue is like a segment from the fuller show, right? And so when I was able to do like the, the a larger show at Riverviews, the images are definitely like smaller, but it was like more of them. Um, you know, the I met Randy from showing at Riverviews because he was showing at Riverviews maybe the month after or something like that with the woodwork and stuff. And he was like, yeah. oh, your stuff, so cool. You know, <laughs> so, was, so when he called me, he was like, I promise I'm not, I'm not a stalker and I'm not sketchy, you know. He was like, he was like, I know this person and that person, and I saw your reviews. And I was like, oh no, I believe you, I trust you. And I was like, Randy. I was like, oh, you're the woodworking guy. So that was very funny because I had never met him, but I at least had seen his name um at reviews. So I knew he was like a real person and not a sketchy stalker. And so from there, um, you know, we just planned the exhibit. You know, we, he had this really amazing dream of having a, like an outdoor gallery that was just accessible that was in the in that midtown section because that's where his a lot of his creative spaces are down there um where that neighborhood is and it's really not that artsy and his big dream which i 100 percent agree with is expanding the arts beyond like the corridor and district of downtown lynchburg you know like making showing that creativity and stuff throughout um the city and especially in, in areas where they the walls are kind of begging for life and energy and kind of bringing that and so like that was his brainchild and I would just felt so honored that he asked me um to partner with him you know in this endeavor to create that gallery and to do the space and man it was fun like printing on different materials and trying to figure out you know, once you go, yeah, we're going to do it. Then you're like, well, how the devil are we going to do it? You know, so yeah. that took a while, but we figured it out. And now the show's up and it's been so impactful. And it's wild. I think that by being kind of like literally in the streets, it's almost like being a mural without being a mural. That's the weirdest thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's allowed a ton of people who probably would never go to a First Friday event um, or... or even really interact with like fine art like that, like, or so they think um, to be a part of it and to be a part of the show and to, to be a part of the artwork and just the reactions, like the people crying or clapping or pulling over or putting on hazard lights, like that was like very humbling to me. I wasn't expecting any of that. Um, I mean, of course I got like the negative stuff too, but. <laughs> Oh, you always get that. Yeah. Can, can you tell our, our uh, listeners a little bit about um, the concept of those uh, photos? Yeah. So, you know, and all this stuff is like a godsend, right? Because it was like, and maybe I have this theory that artists and creatives are, are the human beings kind of share the same dream consciousness, right? And that's the reason why so many of our myths and our stories and our religions and all these different things have these overlaps. I think there's something about like the human spirit that is very universal that we all in the human family can connect to. And so I say that because I had been mulling around and thinking these, 
these thoughts about uh, what does it mean to be American? What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be an American woman, especially as a woman of color, right? Like, what does that actually mean? Because like, you know, people can look at you and be like, oh, you're a black lady. But yeah, you could be a black lady, but what does that even mean? Like you could have like five different cultures like happening inside, like which most of us do. Um, it's, it's, so I have been thinking these thoughts and how do you like, showcase that and represent that without you know appropriating culture without it feeling too costumey or hokey like it's a you know elementary school international day project like you you want to see like you're legit and then I was also very happy that I had been working on this before Black Panther came out. And I've been working on this stuff before Black is King from Beyonce came out, which is why I was like, this is crazy. Uh, because like, I felt like a lot of those themes are also repeated um, in both of those, mu in the music and in the, the bodies of work, um, though they're different mediums. It's kind of that same like, what does it mean to be from the African cult continent? Like what kind of materials, um, what does that look like? What does the arts look like? What does that sound like? And so I was glad that I was like kind of a part of that movement as it was happening and not re not being like, oh, she just saw Wakanda on the screen and went, took some pictures. Cause that's what I was so <laughs> afraid of. And thankfully that didn't happen. Or when people did see, especially when the images went up on at the, at the MOAG, people were like, you know, this reminds, this is so cool. It reminds me of Black is King. Not like, oh, you told me rip this off, but it was like, it reminded them of that. And that made me feel so much at peace. So like, yeah, I just feel like just finding that identity, not being afraid to have identity and to celebrate that, um, having space and like really as a person of color, as a black woman in America, being able to say, you know, this is how I view the world and this is how I feel about it. And to have a captive world audience that wants to hear, well, how do you feel about it? Well, what is your perspective? Um, you know, I think those two things are also coinciding where you have communities and it's just like women, how many books have we read about women that were told from men dude it's like i wish i could hear about elizabeth queen elizabeth the first from her own perspective her own point of view or another woman who really knew what that must have been like to put those other nuanced things inside the story that we're never gonna get we can only we can, we can only extrapolate from our imaginings but it would have been so cool just to hear it from her right um, so we all know what that's like to have someone else tell your story for you. So I'm just happy that right now we live in a time period where I'm able to tell my own story and people are respectful enough to listen and like it or <laughs> listen and not like it, but at least I get to speak, you know, and that's really cool. I was thrilled because as you know, I've always been one of your biggest fans and I always will be, so. Oh, thank you, Brooke. Well, that's I, I, I saw I saw it from the beginning. I was worried you didn't see it there for a while. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I really was. Like that's why I was, I'm so grateful to you, as a like from a professional standpoint. Because if you would have said this has some good bones, you need to build on it, or put this back in the oven and then let it cook a little longer. I would have respected that because it's so hard when you when you move from 
an academic space into like a real world space, a lot of times you have to go and recreate that community of professional critique and criticism for yourself, right? And the kind that builds you up, not the kind that's like ripping you to shreds with people with Twitter fingers, you know? So it's, so I, I mean, just to have that kind of level of respect and trust with you and for you to be like, yes, keep going, just keep going. So I appreciate that. Oh, no, absolutely, my pleasure. I saw, I was, I was kind of just in awe and just wanted you to, you know, find that awe in yourself and just keep going. And I'm so pleased that you have. So thrilled, 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 thrilled. Um, let's see. So what's next for you guys? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> hope, like we have like fun things that we want to do like once the pandemic kind of relents, you know, um, because we miss our events, right? We miss having, even as a Blackwater branding, most of our most of our marketing comes from event-based marketing. Like we have something, we host something, we put something together. Like we didn't get to do Dilla Day this year, right, you know, yeah. and like we didn't want to make it digital or what's that word like virtual and yeah, stuff because it's not the, the same sometimes yeah and like just the energy especially for that platform oh. that platform really allows a lot of independent artists to come together and not just celebrate the life of jay dilla but also have like a, a larger audience that kind of is in love with that style of music so it's not like a lot of passive people it's kind of like going to like a, i guess a punk rock concert in the 80s if you're going or going when the seattle movement was really big like if you're going out there you love this style of music, right? So you're not wishy-washy on the fence about it. And so to perform for people who love your genre mm. is, is you know, you, you can't really replace that <laughs> virtual with no, with no energy from the crowd. So we're, we're like kind of holding back on that until we're able to mm. uh, come together and I don't know, just other really cool things. Yeah, that's something uh, that you mentioned, of course, is, is Dilla Day. The other thing that we love to do is just really kind of get more in the vein of music for the city um, and, and bring bring a couple of different vibes here. Uh, we have a couple of connections that I'm not going to say who. Um, oh, Joe you're going to leave us hanging. Okay. I'm not going to say who, but we have a couple of really good connections that um, of some up and coming artists and some that have even made uh some waves on the national scene that we could get here in Lynchburg. Um, but we just need, you know, A, for there not to be uh, this crazy COVID thing going on, of course, but then also just finding uh, some great venues that, that allow for that level of intimate space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't want to do anything super massive. We like to keep it, you know, around a little under a hundred people. Um, that way it feels special and that those that get to attend can say, you know, hey, I was one of the people that actually made it to this event. Um, it also get, it's also really good for the artists because a lot of them, you know, they do larger venues. And so they're used to like hundreds of thousands of people, you know, or uh, 25,000, 50,000 folks. So it's nice to come back and be able to say like, hey, it was just like, 100 people 
and we all had a good time. I got to shake hands. I got to take a break. You know, I, I went and grabbed something to drink and, you know, I felt at home. And, and that's something uh, that some of the other events that we've done had that kind of vibe and feel to it. Uh, so I just want to be able to continue that, but just on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome because I, I wish Lynchburg had more music before pandemic. I thought that, but even, even more so now, cause I watch, find myself watching like punk shows on YouTube just to be like, remember when we used to go out and like <laughs> vibe with yeah. people because yeah. we all like this person or this band. I miss mm -hmm. that. <laughs> Yeah, so like, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's some of the stuff, um, you know, what, uh, also we're like continuing to expand, you know, our brand and expand our business beyond Virginia, which has been really interesting. So like, I guess for us, our next level would be like continuing to do that and really focusing and honing in on like the things that we're really good at, you know, the and really bringing that specialty to people, you know, for them to find their like brand voice, um, to have that look, the aesthetic uh, that matches who they are, like really building their brand identity and making sure it's consistent mm. um, across all these different platforms. And, you know, we're like, not so much being like a place where you can do like, we, we do a lot of things, but everything is kind of funneled into that door. So if it's like, if you just want a website for the sake of a website and you're not thinking about your brand, or if you just want a logo, or you just want like one of these little things like okay we can do one offs but that's not really like what we specialize in because anybody right. could do that anybody could just like whip you up something but you know really making sure that a person's business nonprofit, personal brand um or even school like well no matter what it is whatever entity it is that really feels like it's pulled together and is one person like it's an actual character um that's that's what we work in and so we're like really happy to just kind of keep doing that specific thing just for people abroad who recognize that that's what they need very cool excellent you guys cool that's all we got really <laughs> yeah you guys were fantastic though my goodness thank you so much for giving us your time and um and energy we we certainly greatly appreciate it yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having us man we miss y'all like this oh, is what makes me feel like man yeah shout out to riverviews for just being awesome yeah oh, i miss y'all like, oh, a lot we, we missed you guys too we just need to all stay healthy and well uh so that when uh you know things i don't really know what normal means i keep saying when things get back to normal i don't know what normal is but i'm not saying it because it's not it, it it will feel normal but it won't be the normal that we had it yeah um, it'll always be a little different but we'll we'll hopefully see more of the two of you in the not too distant future yes definitely y'all know where to find us <laughs> yeah and listen you're this this last exhibit that was up uh was really pretty like Kazaya loved it I just wanted to let you know that she like she saw it we saw it from outside like it was outside at night she was like what is that that is so beautiful so I just wanted to let you know Aww. that she really loved that exhibit like she like was looking out about it 
so oh, that's so great because yeah. you know we've been talking about how to involve children more um in in the art process and how to to get their views and you just said perfect words to to make us feel like oh boy we're already doing it a little bit yay yeah i think you know anytime at least little kids anytime you're able to like show kids stuff especially when they're open to things being different um you know the more you just expose them to stuff like the the better off right the more right. receptive they'll be so like a lot of this stuff is just you know somehow like he said whenever we get to whatever our new plateau of how society operates um figuring out how to like just get kids in front of that stuff and to if you just get them in front of it whether they're not going to like everything but they will something will resonate with them they're just like people you know there's little people Absolutely. and a lot of times they're so little that they're not quite as critical sometimes either they're like yeah. super critical or they're truly not as critical at all so they're like okay this is different i can do that and even if they're going i can do that that's a great place to be right yeah that we can learn so much from them if we would just listen mm -hmm. and that's try, true. Mm -hmm. try to see through their eyes is you know again as you said a lot of us have have i think over time just become too critical you know we forget just to look and that's what kids do so yeah just and we're erasing that like fear of failure right just mm -hmm. if you take away the fear of failing i, I that's which is something i talk with kazaya about now you know she's like well what if i but what if i mess up or what if i don't win it's like girl it's not even about winning it's just about you know, enjoying the stuff. But it's amazing that even at five, she's starting to think like, is this worth my effort or energy if mm -hmm. I fail or if I mess this up or if I don't win, um, you know? And so just trying to go back to and keeping that safety, the winning and the losing is not the matter. It's, it's the experience that matters. It's the fun along the way that matters. And like keeping that even as adults of just, you know, yeah. I agree. We're so product oriented when really so many of the good things exist in the process. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, so that's, that's such an, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's a, it's a good one to take with you. If you can always remember, don't forget the importance of the process. Yeah. And allowing that process to happen. Absolutely, yeah. being open to that process and also not being set in the direction and the destination of that process, but allowing it to take you where it's going to take you and to be open for that journey, I think is, that's how I think we really learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the a process, the process that we use actually when we're designing is, is, you know, we're in the beginning stages, we're always open to input and kind of just, you know, we don't take anything off the table initially. So, you know, we can begin, we can begin a job and totally go in a different direction. Uh, and, and we're both utilizing or, or trying to um, reach the same goal. But, you know, Mitch may have one direction or one view that we're approaching. I have a completely different one. 
and we're not going to go okay we're using yours or we're using mine we're just going to both we're going to do both mm -hmm. and see you know which yields the better result mm -hmm. and we do that every time with every client mm -hmm. uh, like around the office we say trust the process because we're we're banking on the fact that you know once we get out of the initial stage of things like what's supposed to come out of this strategically it's going to happen mm -hmm. and never it's never failed us and I, th I forget who said it, I just heard it, but, but somebody said that mistakes sometimes make greatness. Mm. And I forget, I forget who said that, but I absolutely believe that. <laughs> so as we play around with ideas and things and, and we throw them around and we make, make some mistakes, what works, what doesn't, that's what makes things great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I think, I, I don't know, like Jones and I are both crazy people, as you know, like one of the things that I had to, the, one of the best things I told myself, like, was that I did not have to have like everything figured out. Like, I didn't have to be like, oh, I'm 30 or I'm 35. So since I'm 35, I need to have like, I need to live in the house in the cul-de-sac with the <laughs> attic and the full basement. Like, you know, I, and if I have, I have, I haven't done this, this, and this, then, well, you know, my life is over, but just kind of like running your own race at your own pace and, mm -hmm. um, being excited about like the ups and the downs and the yeah. downs using them as like that learning because you learn from the stuff you mess up just as much as what you learn from when you get right and maybe more so especially if it hurts then you're yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but just I don't know that was so freeing to me and I guess from us you know something I know that Meg can probably relate to with us kind of growing into this social media generation that we're in where you're watching people you know, get married and go to Cancun and buy mansions and Ferraris and stuff. And you're like, I'm smart, I thought, or I'm working really hard. Like I'm doing all the things that I could do, you know, I, but I'm not, you know, I don't have a private jet yet, you know, so, and not that your life is, your worth is not based on private jets, but, you know, balancing that out from like the reality of what life is really about and reaching your goals truly versus like trying to make a perceived, a perceived happy and fun life. Um, you know, being a, not being afraid to have a real life with real kids and real problems. You know, Juans and I have like real arguments. They might be rare, but they still happen and they are real when they go down. <laughs> um, but we also have a real love and we have real fun times with each other too. It's because we're not, we're not so withdrawn in ourselves trying to keep up an appearance that we can't be just authentic, you know, and, and reap the benefits of what that authenticity um, yields, you know, so. Since you, you called me out on the whole social media expectation things, I, uh, yeah. I just saw a comic on the Instagrams by Sarah Anderson, and it's someone who's labeled a person in their 20s saying their life is over when they have this huge path stretching out in front of them and it's like I feel that but I shouldn't like I do have this whole step whole stretch of thing in front of me I'm not even 30 yet like just go ham yeah yes yeah you go, gotta do it yeah and and I, I tell everyone this like we since we deal in social media and 
uh, creating campaigns, creating stories, uh, building content for people. The stuff that you're seeing on social media, we're pulling snapshots. You're, you're always viewing a snapshot of what the life is. So, you know, just like a camera, if you click three seconds before or three seconds after, you're going to get a completely shot. different shot. So, you know, that kind of keeps you in perspective of everything. Like, you know, the food's not perfect <laughs> coming out of the oven, you know, but once we, we hit it with a couple filters, you know, and then we clone stamp out a lot of the, the nonsense that's in the background, you have the most immaculate meal ever and you have over, you know, a hundred love uh, likes and shares going on. But beforehand, it just had like a lot of, you know, it was dry turkey. <laughs> you know, so I don't it's want to see the dishes of the sink after the, the fancy plate shots. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. So it's, you know, the same, such is life that, you know, we're watching people's snapshots and we have to remind ourselves that like we're living life continuously. We're not pulling from just a snapshot. So live the life. Don't worry about the snapshot. Yeah. You know, it all comes out in the wash. The same cool kid in the 20s can mess up in their 30s and the same person in their 30s can be a rock star by the time they're 40. Yeah. So and I hope like my personal hope is that like by the time I'm like 60 and 65 and stuff I'm, I'm gonna be killing it. Yeah well not only that I hope that I still have that same sense of adventure of like I want to try this I want to go over there I want to taste this or you know I hope I'm in my right mind and have great health and and that just have the ability to keep uh, pursuing and pushing stuff, you know, and just, you know, that's the biggest thing, just to be unafraid to just live your life mm -hmm. and enjoy it. Yeah, well said. Oh my goodness. We got real deep at the end there. That was great. Mm -hmm. We did. That was awesome. <laughs> but important. Yep. Well, but I uh, appreciate y'all. You are thank so you. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us and yeah. taking your time out of your day to talk some some stuff with us thanks so much <laughs> thanks for having us and we'll come back anytime you want i know we can just talk stuff regular if you just only want to record a podcast <laughs> we'll just we'll just yeah we'll just chat Perfect. like you know what you're doing like just hop on zoom hop on zoom i ain't got nothing yeah we'll just hop on zoom well our paths will continue to cross i feel it so yeah well, this has definitely been like a lot of fun in comparison to like most of the time when we're in these Zoom things are like either work or they're like meetings, right? So this has felt very different. <laughs> so thank y'all for that experience. Happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Absolutely. you all take care. You too. All right. And, uh, thank you guys and have a good Valentine's Day. Yes, happy oh, Valentine's Day. Thank you, thank you, you so too. much. All right, see you later. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.